first of all, a big thank you to Mr. Nicholas and uh, Bonozis and Mrs. Olga Bonozis for inviting me to moderate this very important panel. I'm Alexia Hatzimichalis, partner at Watson Fowley and Williams and head of the Athens office. This panel is titled Keep Calm and Say Long, Leaving the Industry, Leading the Industry Through Transformation and Innovation. I would like to welcome formally our esteemed panel members, Mrs. Sabrina Chow of Wangong Maritime Holdings Limited, the president of PIMCO, Mr. Dimitrios Fafalios, chairman of Intercargo, president and director of Fafalios Shipping SA, Mr. Paolo D'Amico, chairman of Intertanko, chairman and CEO of D'Amico International SA, and Mr. Emanuele Grimaldi, Chairman of International Chamber of Shipping, President and Managing Director of Grimaldi Euromed SPA, and Managing Director of the Grimaldi Group. Uh, I'm going to be asking questions to specific panelists, but please, please feel free to add your comments and share your thoughts if you wish. My first question is, is to Mrs. Uh, Sabrina Chao. And then, of course, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Emanuel Grimaldi, Grimaldi and Mr. Paolo D'Amico and uh, Mr. Fafalios can add uh, their thoughts. You are all leading and representing global maritime organizations that actively engage with regulatory bodies and shape and influence regulations and policy. What are your organization's priorities? What actions has the organization taken or is planning to take to achieve its objectives? Sorry. Uh, thank you, Alexia. So at BIMCO, uh, we would like to think of ourselves as um, the practical voice of shipping. So our priority is to use our knowledge and understanding of the regulations and in the policy-making arena to deliver uh, these very practical tools to our members and the wider shipping community. So our main priority is to create these tools um, to enable our members to continue to do our business in this ever-changing uh, regulatory landscape. And in parallel, um, more outward forking, and we are uh, looking to, uh, we're committed to communicating and raising the awareness of our industry, especially key issues affecting our members to the outside, um, the, 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 the outside, to people outside of our industry. Reaching out to these people who have uh, the potential or impact uh, our industry directly and indirectly. So what actions uh, are we doing? So of course we are known for our documentary work. So we continue to deliver on contracts and clauses for the industry. Um, at any one time we have many projects that are in flight. And currently there's a lot of work that are ongoing in relation to um, decarbonization regulations, as well as development of wreck removal agreements, war risk clauses, um, just to name a few. Alongside our documentary work, we are also working on projects and raising awareness about e-bill of lading, ship recycling, uh, port efficiency, and the maritime single window concept. 
uh, we know from talking to our members, um, there are you know a lot of um, confusion sometimes, and because there's just so much complexities about um, all these new regulations coming in. So one of our main focus is also to um, deliver training courses and webinars to inform our memberships of all these complexities. And lastly, um, just, just to name a new initiatives, uh, we have launched something called the President's Forum. Um, so in the form of a survey, we reach out to our memberships about the, the, the issues and um, uh, con uh, the uh, macro factors that are affecting our businesses so that we can gather um, these data and insights uh, to formulate um, the strategy and how to help our memberships um, navigate um, all these um, different, different challenges in, in the foreseeable future. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Grimaldi, could you please uh, tell us about your organization's priorities? as well. Uh, thank you. First, thank you to, for having me here, Your Excellency. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it, it, it's such an honor to be in front of such a distinguished, uh, so distinguished guest that have so much knowledge about shipping. And thank you also very much for the support in the international affairs that we have from the Union of Greek Ship Owners. Thank you, Melina. Before starting, I think the, the three most important issues that we are discussing most of the time among ourselves and also in our associations are the seafarers, decarbonization, and I think also the free world trade, which is also very important indeed. Starting from seafarers, Seafarers have suffered the most during the pandemic. Seafarers were not treated well, but they were neglected during the pandemic. This, as far as vaccination is concerned, sometimes even through hospitalization that was denied. And today we are living with a big shortage of the seafarers. And this is due also to the, it was already a problem. I think there was a shortage that we calculated of about 100,000 seafarers before the war between Russia and Ukraine. And uh, the 16, 17% of the seafarers in the world, they belong to Ukraine and Russia. And most of them are not available now. And then we recently had a problem between the EMSA with the Filipino seafarers. And that also might become a very big problem. We understand that President Marcos met the European Commission recently. And hopefully they will improve their training standards. And, of course, probably we have to make also the life of the seafarer more a better standard of living on board of our vessel. Probably they must be able to contact their families from the ships, probably enjoying also seeing their football team 
and other things will, but surely today there is a big shortage that needs to be addressed soon. And this is happening also very much in our countries. We had shortage of seafarers in Greece, we have shortage of seafarers in Italy, so all over Europe as well. And particularly for certain trades to the islands where we have to use local seafarers. So that, that is a huge problem that needs to be addressed and uh, the ICS will have their annual general meeting in Manila and we will meet there with the ITF Secretary General. We have already met in different occasions and we are trying to do a special effort also so that in the future they will be really treated as key employees. And then we are talking about the decarbonization. This, as we heard also from the Secretary General and from the Minister, this is a long journey and a complicated journey. We are totally in new territories. There are also very difficult, very different type of fuels which are emerging. And I think we have to keep all the options open and available. Some of them are better for short hauls, some of them for smaller ships, some for bigger ships. So we have to keep all these options available. And at the same time, we have to understand that whilst ship owners are definitely responsible and pragmatic on this issue, we need to work together with the industry, we need to together with the regulators, we need to work together with the builders of ships, we need to work together with the refineries. So, and we represent today only 3% of the problem, but we are of course, there are also a lot of opportunities that are coming together because these new fuels, in any case, have to be transported. And I think that we are very much now committed to the submission that we have made to the IMO because we firmly believe that this is a problem that cannot be solved regionally, but should be solved at a global level. And the submission that we have made is based on a tax and reward system, which is from one side responsible and from the other very pragmatic, because we would be helping the ones who will start to develop these new uh, technologies and make the things easy. Then the third thing that I want, that it is also, I think, and will become probably another very important issue that we have to tackle, it is today connected to the 
global uncertainty and also an emerging new protectionism, which we often listen from politicians coming from all over the world. Most of them have forgotten that the richness of the nation is coming also from the free trade. I think they should go back and read Adam Smith and some very good books about the liberal economy. And this risk is because we are hearing every day of, from politicians that they want to address the problems by making new barriers to the commerce. And this, I think, it, it, it's extremely frightening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Grimaldi. Mr. D'Amico, uh, what about your organization's uh, priority that uh, concentrates on tankers? Yes, exactly. <clears throat> No, let's say that on top of the, of the general problems like seafarers and decarbonization that of course we follow very closely, but we have two uh, priorities linked to two operational problems which are very actual. One is SIRE uh, 2, which is the evolution of our vetting system you know well that the vetting is, uh, um, is an activity which makes you working or not. So it is vital for us to uh, follow our, our ship owners member of the association in this route, in this avenue, also because we are getting to a very high sophistication in the system. And, um, so it is a very delicate problem. And the second one, of course, are the sanctions which are being imposed now to Russia on, uh, on December and now in February as far as products. And there we have to work on the documentary side. I mean, we have clauses to be uh, drafted either for uh, the time charter parties or for the voyage parties. And then we have a, a procedure of due diligence that ship owners have to do in way to load uh, either the crude or the product cargo if, of course, under the uh, price cap which has been decided by the, by the Western world. So these are certainly the, the strongest priority we have now because we have to keep the system working. And of course, we have the rest of the thing, which is common to all of us. And I hope we'll get somewhere very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Tomiko. Mr. Favalos. Alexia, thank you very much. Thank you to Nico and Oliver, to the <coughs> Capital Link crew uh, and staff, and to the kind audience. Uh, speaking last, I have to say that uh, a lot of my former previous speakers have uh, covered, but our organization uh, it tries to achieve its members' wishes. Members become, uh, members join us because they want to help, uh, they want to believe that through collaborative action they can do their everyday business better. 
and that's what we're here to do. We're here to represent at fora, at international fora, at the IMO, for instance. We are also, uh, as an organization, here to collaborate with the other roundtable organizations and with other organizations uh, for more effective shipping regulation. But most importantly, in our case, we do our utmost to focus on dry, dry bulk cargo specific issues and uh, where we can help our members most. Of course, seafarers, decarbonization, the safety of the vessel and the safety of the crew are amongst our greatest uh, uh, priority work items. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Favalos. Mr. D'Amico, uh, Mr. Grimaldi mentioned the pandemic and um, the life of the seafarers uh, during the pandemic and the safety. Uh, how ready do you think is the shipping industry for the next one? Certainly we know a lot of things more than last time. Uh, the pandemic has been something totally unexpected. The reaction of the governments of the various countries are being unexpected. We didn't know really where to go at a certain point. And not only, we, we didn't know with whom to talk with to work out the problem. So I think is, uh, I, I think number one is imperative that seafarers have to be uh, key workers worldwide, not only on few countries, but this must be accepted everywhere. As, as Manuel said before, they have to have a priority on vaccination, they have to have a fast track on movement because otherwise, and I think the world felt this, shipping can get stuck and when shipping gets stuck, it is a huge problem, even if we are all in lockdown. So we understood that we have to involve <coughs> more the Ministry of Health, uh, we have to involve the World Health Organization, the EU, we, we, I think we understood which are the bodies where to work with. Certainly it's a long way because we have to work out a, a common protocol of behavior of the various, various countries vis-a-vis the seafarers themselves. Thank you, Mr. D'Amico. Uh, I don't know if anyone else, uh, please, uh, if you, anyone less would like to add anything, please feel free to do so before I move to my next question, uh, which is to Mr. Fafalos. In these uh, turbulent times, staying calm is always good and sound advice. However, as uh, many other panelists have said, times call for action in the shipping industry. A ship owner needs to act proactively, invest, and at the same time, remain competitive and abide by the highest standards of the industry. Which do you consider are the three greatest challenges for a ship owner at the moment? 
And how is your organization dealing with those challenges? Alexia, thank you very much. Uh, as you know, we represent uh, uh, shipping's largest uh, sector with uh, 13,000 large vessels, 970 million deadweight, and our uh, industry sailing to more ports and more anchorages than most of the other sectors. So this in itself is a huge daily challenge. But the three key challenges which we hear from our members and we're helping them with is seafarer welfare, health, and availability. And, and I, I'm stressing that we're putting this, I'm, I'm putting this in, in order of importance. The second challenge is the short-term decarbonization issues, EEXI and CII, and also how are we going to deal with the EU emissions trading system, ETS, and uh, further fit for 55 regulations as they come up. And the third challenge is the actual safety of the seafarers and of the ships themselves. So we're concerned hugely about piracy, uh, crew trapped in the Ukraine, for instance, uh, unilateral and negative actions by regional authorities, criminalization of seafarers, and moving on to the vessels, uh, we still, even today in 2023, we're still fighting for improved vessel construction standards and also operational standards. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Palos. Uh, my next question is uh, to Mrs. Chao and concerns digitalization. According to a number of leading maritime associations, including BIMCO, there is an urgent need to cooperate and accelerate the pace of digitalization. What needs to be done and how is BIMCO supporting the move towards digitalization? Thank you, Alexia. So um, the short answer is there is still a lot more to be done. Um, two examples of important and viable digitalization initiatives are vessels optimization and electronic bills of lading. Uh, with regards to vessel optimization, the application of technology to optimize a ship's performance will be critical in enabling more efficient ship operations and help lower emissions. In addition to onboard sensors um, gathering data on ship performance and emission levels, voyage optimization tools will also play an important role in increasing the efficiency of sea transportation through just-in-time arrivals uh, schemes. By sharing these data on the position and progress of the ships and matching these data um, on the confirmed availability of port services, we can significantly reduce the practice of sail fast and wait. Adjustments uh, to the speed of a ship to arrive at a specific time will not only cut emissions, but reduce congestions at ports. The key to the success of these initiatives is identifying solutions that are scalable and the willingness of stakeholders to share data transparently. Um, with regards to electronic bills of lading, the COVID pandemic 
provided new and welcomed impetus to encourage and accelerate the adoption of uh, electronic bills of lading and other documents associated with the movement of cargo. The industry already has a good choice of solutions uh, for e-bills of lading. Last year, BIMCO published an electronic bill of lading standard for the bulk shipping sector in an effort to standardize the formats of bills of lading used by different solution providers. Widespread, widespread adoptions of these standards will help provide the building blocks of uh, interoperability between the various systems. We have the technology available for e-bills of lading and we actively encourage adoption now. Some of the larger players in the minerals and metal sectors are already shipping up to 30% of their annual trade volume on e-bills. So we know that these solutions work and that we are far beyond the first movers stage. Another example of how BIMCO supports digitalization of the industry is our joining the Blue Visby Consortium at the end of last year to support research into practical solutions that help reduce the industry greenhouse gas emissions. The Blue Visby Consortium works to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from ships by about 15% through a multilateral platform which optimizes ships' arrival times at their destinations by eradicating the practice of um, sail fast and then wait. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Grimaldi, uh, you mentioned earlier uh, about the trade restrictions uh, so, and protectionism. Following decades of progress towards open shipping markets, the principal direction of travel in recent years points towards the trade restrictions that you mentioned being imposed for protection, protectionist purposes. What are the problems that the shipping industry is facing as a result of this trend? And how can organizations such as the ICS assist in persuading regulators and governments to reduce or even remove trade barriers related to the maritime transport? Uh, this is really very, very complicated ground. It has to do with the geopolitical uncertainty, with the recent war that we had with the invasion of Russia into Ukraine, with retaliations that are happening. Probably another example could be that we are with the European, but not only the European, the Western, so also the American industry, much behind when it comes to electric vehicles. And since we do not have chips, and since we do not have batteries, we don't produce batteries, we are very much behind in producing electrical vehicles. We saw, for instance, that there was a huge crisis in Europe because of the lack of chips. Scarcity of chips has stopped our factories. Likewise, it happened when we had uh, the crisis of the pandemic. 
But can we solve? I have heard some politicians saying, you know, we solve the problem by putting taxes on uh, Chinese or Japanese or Korean cars which are coming to. I think this is profoundly wrong. We have to develop our own industry to produce batteries and to produce chips and help our countries to develop this. Because if we start, you know, unfortunately, protectionism is very contagious. So you start with something and then you immediately have something else. So are we jeopardizing the principle of free trade in the world? This, this is something extremely dangerous, but I think we have to be close also to the World Trade Organization and try to sponsor as much as possible free trade. And when there is a problem, try to address this problem in a civilized manner. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Grimaldi. My next question is for Mr. D'Amico and then Mr. Fafalios. Uh, how are the organizations that you are representing working together with the other three maritime organizations in this panel and coordinate their activities? Are there common proposals, practices and goals for important matters such as seafarers health and safety, decarbonization and digitalization? Of course, I mean, it's useless to say for various matters and also for technology, the world is getting more and more complicated and is getting more and more, if you want, sophisticated. And the problems we have in front of us are becoming even bigger. For instance, the availability of seafarers, when I was I started in this job or something was was absolutely the opposite of what is happening today. Instead, today we have to work out how to to solve the thing. The only way out is a strong collaboration, of course, between between us, uh, as not only as chairman but also at the level of managing directors and the very strong collaboration between us and the various organizations and governments to try to, um, to, 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 to work out solutions on various matters which are arising. And the pandemic has been the proof of all this. And I have to say we did well for what we could have done and for what we were ready to do of course, we have to improve on this. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Papalos? Thank you, Alexia. Of course, uh, the prime vehicle uh, for collaboration between our organizations is, of course, the, the round table. And, um, of course, we have uh, uh, the, the, the round table uh, uh, heads uh, met uh, here for the first time uh, physically after quite a long time because of uh, COVID and it's been a fantastic, uh, uh, it's been very, very useful. Our organizations though collaborate on a, and the secretariats collaborate almost on a monthly, sometimes more 
uh, even, even more frequently than monthly on the, the major issues. Uh, on the crew issues, um, we, 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 we very respectfully allow uh, ICS, the International Chamber of Shipping, to take the role and uh, we try and uh, assist and co uh, collaborate wherever we can. Um, we have developed very good relationships also with the ITF, which uh, was one of the, uh, let's say, benefits of, of the COVID pandemic, that the, that the ITF and the shipping organizations uh, and, uh, became uh, a lot closer. Um, for decarbonization, we are generally very, very well aligned um, at IMO and also at the European level. Um, in the safety of vessels and crews, we, we all meet up uh, and uh, have uh, very uh, good discussions with IACS, the International Association of Classification Societies, and uh, we now have a very good early warning system where all of the roundtable organizations meet up with IACS early on in the rule development cycle. But I think that our, 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 our goal, and I think that uh, Emanuele and Paolo have, have mentioned this very clearly, is on the higher level political issues which are facing our, our industry. Uh, protectionism, the global against the regional measures, uh, canals, rights of passage and navigation, piracy, these are all uh, uh, very important political issues which our organizations have to face uh, uh, together. And more, most importantly of all, and again this was mentioned, is that the, the, the COVID pandemic has, uh, has shown that certain countries uh, wanted the cargoes, certain countries wanted the ships, but nobody wanted the seafarers. And this has to change. And the only way that this will change, unfortunately, is if we raise our level of communication within governments to go to health ministries, and I dare say it even to uh, prime ministerial level uh, in many cases. Because our traditional form of communication was with the transport ministries or with the shipping ministries. But COVID has shown that we need to go much higher. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Papalos. We only have two and a half minutes, and I would also like to receive a compliment from Mr. Bornozis for being on time. So I'll close <laughs> this panel, unless uh, you have uh, any other uh, things you would like to add. I'm happy to see, first of all, I'm happy to, to hear that uh, you all managed to meet in person and, and have your first meeting in person, and this was uh, due to Capital Link. I'm happy also to see that uh, the willingness is there, the commitment is there, the passion for transformation and innovation is there, and, wh and when there is passion, there is action. I'm sure that your leadership and collaboration will result in successfully transforming the industry, and you will succeed in making the sea fairer for the seafarer and the world a greener place. Thank you very much.
Thank you.